Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hi, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom. A reminder that what you do every day is life-changing and that it matters more deeply than you could ever comprehend. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are unique and amazing, and He has called you and He will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly, and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey, y'all. Today we're talking with my friend Crystal Evans-Hurst. She's the author of a new book called She's Still There, Rediscovering the Girl in You. And life has given her quite a few unexpected detours. But what I love about Crystal is that she's never wasted an experience. And she's really walked through every one of these twists and turns with so much wisdom and grace. She's definitely one of the most eloquent and wise friends that I have. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to share her with you today. So if you've ever felt like maybe you've lost yourself in the midst of motherhood or in the midst of the detours that life has given you, then this is the episode for you. Crystal's going to share a little bit of her journey, but also a lot of insight on how we can stay connected to and rediscover the woman that God made us to be. All right, y'all, now we need to talk about something. I have seen back to school pictures on Instagram. Y'all, it is early August. I am so not ready for school to start again. We don't start around here until late August, but I know some of you are already back into the thick of it. And I don't know about you, but for me, the school year comes with a whole lot of crazy, some crazy schedules and crazy responsibilities and sometimes crazy emotions, not just from my kids either, from me too. And it feels like an uphill battle to fight for calm. So I'm always looking for places to establish routine and places to bring in some peacefulness in the midst of just all the busyness. And that is why I love PrepDish. Now, PrepDish is a super cost-effective weekly meal planning service, and they send a meal plan straight to my inbox with a shopping list and specific directions for prepping the week's meals so that by the time Wednesday night or whatever night of the week rolls around, making a healthy homemade dinner is literally faster and just as easy as ordering a pizza. It comes down to just popping a couple things in the oven because you do the prep work on the weekend and it takes all of maybe an hour. It's amazing. Not only that, but PrepDish has connected their shopping list with a service called Instacart. Now, if you have that in your area, that means that in a couple of clicks, you not only have your meal planning done, but you also have your shopping done because they shop for you and they deliver it to your door. Y'all, does it get better than that? Well, actually, actually it does because the folks at PrepDish are giving you a free two-week trial of their service. That means that for two whole weeks, you do not need to think about your meal planning. You can just go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash PrepDish, that's P-R-E-P-D-I-S-H, and you're going to get a free two-week trial. And that means that for the next two weeks, you're going to have more time to snuggle with your kids after school, more time to help them with homework, more time to go to the events and all the different things, and just to spend quality time with them knowing that you have a healthy, homemade, yummy meal that you can have for dinner that night. Just go to inspiredaction.com forward slash prep dish. All right, let's jump into our episode today with Crystal Evans Hurst. Hey, Crystal, thank you so much for being on the Inspired to Action podcast. 
Hey, Kat, how are you? I am doing great, and I'm so excited to talk to you, and I'm really, really excited to have you on the show. I remember our very first conversation, I think you had a cold, and so you're just totally not feeling well, but you just shared some of your story and some of your life, and I was just like, wow, that is a woman of wisdom, and so it is such an honor to have you on the show and be able to share you with my listeners today. Well, thanks for having me back. I'm always glad to have an opportunity to talk to you. You know that. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of times we talk about geeky stuff. Uh, We do. So today we're going to talk about real life. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, Geeky stuff is a a little bit of a little (laughs) love and hobby, but that's okay. We can talk about life too. (laughs) Yeah. So for those of you listening, just a funny fact about both Crystal and I is we love trying out new things. You know, everything from like a Fitbit. I I may remember (laughs) that when... When we were both looking at Fitbits, I think I might have had one. And Crystal, I think you got like every kind of fitness tracker and like wore them all to track which one would be best. And I'm like, this is a win after my own heart. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And you know what? I was totally confused. I think I took them all back and didn't didn't even keep a one. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it goes to show just a little bit about your personality and about you just wanting to learn and loving knowledge and loving um, just making great decisions and, and and gathering wisdom. And I love that so much about you. Uh, so for those listening, I'd love for you to just give a little bit of a crystal 101. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I'll tell you about my current and my past. My current is I am a homeschooling mom of five. Only three of those children are home. They're boys, 14, 12, and eight and then girls are 25 and 21 and my oldest daughter's married she has a daughter so I'm also a grandmother um, I am a working homeschooling mom because of course I write and I speak and so learning all that has been uh, really fun balance is it's just out there it's never achievable really and then that is coming from though um, backing up uh, my we're, our family's a blended family my husband and I got married we each gave a girl to each other as a gift on our wedding day and so before that I was a single mom and I have never uh, been an adult without being a mom so I became a mom at 19 um, I got pregnant as a teenager in college and so that's a part of my story and backing up either further than that. I was raised in a Christian home. So I had all the reasons not to do that, but I did anyway. And um, uh, my dad is a pastor, so I've grown up in church all of my life. And so I had a really great upbringing and there's a lot of things that I know, but because of life, because life just happens and because there are some things that I chose, um, I understand what it is to have circumstances surrounding your life in general and then surrounding your journey of motherhood specifically that make things a little harder. Um, I've had seasons of being a single parent or seasons of being married, but my husband traveled a ton for his job. And then here more recently, um, my husband is not traveling as much because he's actually been struggling with a lot of uh, health challenges. So he's home, but then there's that. So I've I've had a lot of different journeys (laughs) in my journey of motherhood. And um, because of that, and because of the length of time I've been doing it, I think it gives me a a fairly fun and unique perspective to have an eight-year-old at the same time I have a granddaughter. <laughs> oh, and can we just say, you guys need to check out Crystal on Instagram. Uh, is it Crystal Evans Hurst on Instagram? Uh, Crystal, everywhere I'm at Crystal Hurst. At Crystal mm-hmm. Hurst. Okay. Um, her granddaughter is just adorable. Just seriously adorable. You will be so pleased with me that I referred you to Crystal's Instagram account because you need to check out the cute little pictures and videos of her her granddaughter. I call myself a grand friend, 
Um, even though I have not actually met her granddaughter. Okay, so let's back up. Let's just kind of we can back. fix that though. We, yeah, need we, to we need to topic. seriously, seriously. <laughs> um, I might go. I might be a little um, scary. Maybe your daughter should not peer on. I'm like, oh, she's so loud. Um, okay, so let's back up, back up, back up. Your yep. your dad is Tony Evans. Um, yes. And when you were growing up, I don't know if there were, were there expectations on kind of what you would do when you grew up? Did you have specific dreams of what you wanted to do? Um, I'd like to kind of go into that little bit of that journey um, with you. Well, I, when I think back to what I wanted to do when I grew up, I always thought I wanted to be a mom. I always thought if I'm working, I want to be a teacher. But then I had to juxtapose that against how would I do that and be a singer and be an actress at the same time. <laughs> I really didn't have all of that worked out. But I think the core connecting theme in all of that was that, uh, and I know now um, the reason why, but I'm an achiever. I just I just like to be the best at whatever I want to do. And now being an adult and having taken different personality tests and more specifically strength finders, number one is achiever. So now I, I get that. So I don't think it would have mattered which thing I did um, if if I felt that I had been able to do it well. And I think my struggle has been, um, even though I think I do okay at motherhood, I don't think any mother ever is free of mom guilt of some kind. <laughs> We'd never, you know, you really, you have to wait until your kids are adults and even past beginning adulthood to go, okay, they turned out okay. So I think I've, you know, my struggle has been, man, okay, I was home with my kids. And so what am I doing with my life? And then I'm singing at my church, but I'm thinking, Oh, you know, I could have, if I would have really pursued this, I could have done it this way. Or, you know, am I messing up my kids because I'm doing motherhood, but am I really being good at it? And so my struggle has been, um, you know, just being in a season of raising kids and thinking I'm doing this. Okay. I'm doing an okay job, pretty good job, but am I doing it the best? And then as all moms, I think we look at those things that we might have done and think if I had been a working mom or if I had been more driven for some of these things earlier on, where would I be? So I have those thoughts all the time. So as a mom who homeschools and works, is that really <laughs> hard for you as an achiever? <laughs> you know, I'm sure those feelings are just top of the top, top level all the time of, am I doing enough? Because it's hard to achieve when you're doing so much. How do you handle that? Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, you know, honestly, I uh, have asked um, my husband to help me with affirmation because I need to know that I'm doing a good job. And, you know, as all moms know, whether you're working or not, you just don't get the pats on the back that you do like you would if you were working and you get a paycheck and you get a raise. It's just it's not motherhood doesn't come with that in the in the throes of it early on. And so I ask him for that. But I've also learned how to do that for myself. Like I've also learned how to reinforce my why, my reasons for why I do what I do and why I'm doing it the way that I'm doing it. And if those reasons shift, give myself the freedom to change. So where, like, let's use homeschooling, for example, where, um, you know, I checked out all the books recommended for my kindergartner, my oldest son, and I read those all to him. My eighth, my current eight-year-old, when he was five, he didn't get all those books read to him. I didn't have time for all that. <laughs> so there's the struggle of, man, am I really being a good homeschool mom? Because I know how I want to do it, but I'm in a season of life now because I'm working and because of my husband's health challenges where I can't do it. So I've learned to say, you know what? You're doing the best you can and um, and, and it's going to be okay. And the same thing for everything from, you know, dishes to 
home organization. There are seasons of my life when um, everything was very organized and I had charts up everywhere. And that was my achiever trying to just, um, I'll never forget, I read this book called Professional Motherhood. And she talked about being in your home as you would any other profession. And I just latched onto that and just was like, I'm going to run my home like I would run an office and just all this. Well, you know, now I'm like, where are the paper plates? And yes, we're going <laughs> to you know, where, where's the nearest Papa John's because pizza is it tonight, you know? And, and so, I mean, I I just think we have to learn to give ourselves grace and then to say, I'm doing the best that I can, um, based on the things that I have to juggle and pat yourself on the back when you need it. Was that a journey for you to go from, you know, as an achiever, as someone Mm -hmm. who wants to, you know, achieve a certain level to understand what your level was and stop comparing it to whatever anybody else's level was or what your expectation of what your level should be. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think because we overexert ourselves when we try to either measure up to what other people are doing or even measure up to the standards we have for ourselves. I I think every new mom, that first baby, especially if she was working before uh, or even if she goes back to work, there's this idea that you have of how you live your life. There's a rhythm and a pacing that you have. And then you have this new baby and it totally changes your pacing. And in your head, you're the same person. So you think, oh, I can just do this. And then you have this other person that's like, no, you can't (laughs) because I need to nap and I need to sleep. And, you know, I just had a blowout. And so, you know, over and over again, I talk to new moms who, um, who struggle with the new rhythm routine and pacing of having particularly that first child. And then if they go back to work, the output, the productivity level that you have while you can be productive, you can't do it the same way you used to. You can't get there at 6 a.m. and stay until 6 p.m. if that's how you used to work. You've got a little person waiting on you. And so, yes, it was difficult, but I think you learn your boundaries because you know when you're overexerting mm-hmm. <laughs> and you learn after a while that that's not a healthy way to live. And so in the effort to not bite your husband's head off and actually enjoy looking into the eyes of your kids. You figure out how to create enough margin and breathing room so that you can do what you can do at the same time you leave room to be a good mom to your kids and get dinner on the table or, you know, whatever else comes with that job. So good. And I, you know, I suppose that's something that really takes us stepping back a little bit so that we're not just looking at what everybody else is doing or whatever we expect our standard to be, but just stepping back and really evaluating, like you talked about taking personality tests and things like that and understanding yourself and understanding maybe your season of life so that you can know yep. what your what your levels are. Um, you know, and I think as moms, sometimes it can be hard to accept the season of life that we're in. Not that we don't love motherhood, not that we don't love our kids, but it's just so different maybe than the dream that we had of ourselves when we were little. Because I think, you know, I think this is something that we maybe we don't, isn't necessarily explained to girls as much. You know, the idea mm-hmm. of, hey, you can be anything, you can do anything. But then, but come, not all at the same time. But not all at the same time. <laughs> and nobody ever explains that. And so it's not until you get to be a mom and you're like, oh, wait a second. How do I work all this? How do I, how do I balance all of this? Um, Yeah, I never I'll never forget, you know, I have a friend who um, was really struggling um, just in her life. She had three children and um, two of them are girls, twin girls. And um, my friend's name is Gina. And I was asking her, I said, you know, Gina, like, what are you going to teach your girls? I've been struggling with this whole idea of what do you teach your girls? Like, I want them to reach for the stars and I want them to know they can do anything and they can be anything they want to be and go as far. I want to preach that for real. 
But the other side of that is you are girls and you will, there's a high likelihood that your nurturer is going to come alive and you're going to want to have babies and you're going to want to. And so how do you teach girls to reach for the stars at the same time, counting the cost of what it means to have children while you're trying to reach or even wait to have children because you want to reach. And so she said to me, she said, I just think I'm going to ask them, what do you want to be? And then when you have children, how will that work? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's an additional question that we have to, you know, when you have girls and really, you know, you can do that with boys too, but definitely with girls, because it's something that no one asked me. You know, I remember my dad would say, you know, you're so smart. You should be a lawyer. He would give me all these things and you should shoot high. And if after you're a lawyer, you should be a judge. And a, but no one ever said to me, how do those plans get affected if you decide to settle in and have a baby? And so then when we settle in and we have babies, then it's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, I didn't really. Uh, and I hear this all the time. Uh, I got a friend who was a lawyer, loved being a lawyer, decided to start having children with her husband. And then was torn because she didn't want to work at the same place she was working, but she had these huge debts from school from getting her law degree. So then she's torn between working. So I just think these are questions that women wrestle with and we have to be honest about Mm -hmm. the wrestle, not judge ourselves about it and not judge each other because we're really just doing the best that we can. We cannot live all of life seasons in one. And if we try to do that, we're going to kill ourselves in the process <laughs> or we're going to kill relationships with our kids or with our spouses trying to fit it. We're not designed to do it all at the same pacing, rhythm and routine at the same time. Oh, that's so good because there's different seasons when we have different capabilities. And, you know, it can seem like when our kids are little that they're always going to be little and life is always going to be like this. But, mm-hmm. you know, seasons change. It goes quick. Right. Yep. And, you know, and you've been through pretty much all those seasons of motherhood because your oldest is in her 20s. Um, So, you know, I know a lot of moms, especially in my season, as her kids are getting older and they're starting to go back to school and she's kind of forgotten what she loves to do and what she was passionate about or, you know, what what she's going to what is she going to do next when all they're all in school or they're all off in college and um, what's she going to fill her time with? What is she going to do? What are some thoughts that you have on that about rediscovering yourself? And that's really that's really kind of the heart of the book, not necessarily in regard to motherhood, but it's it's really just a story about the journey that you went on, but then how how we can rediscover the person inside. So where would a mom start? So let's say that, you know, her youngest is going off to first grade full time this year. And she's suddenly going to have six hours a day at home. And while, let's all be honest, that goes way faster than anybody expects, (laughs) she wants to start figuring out who she is again. Where does that start? Well, I think there's two things. Number one is um, that an answer is good enough. It doesn't have to be the answer. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times we're trying to find the answer and we want to know, what do I replace um, these six hours with, or the amount of investment invested time that I've had to spend with kids. What is the answer? And I think we need to let ourselves off the hook and say, okay, what is an answer? Because an answer when your last child goes to school may be, you know what? I have not put pictures and photo albums for years. So for right now, that's what I'm going to do. And that's okay. It's okay not to know what you want to quote unquote do with your life. Um, the other thing is we have to be content with doing what we can with what we have. And I talk a lot about that in the book because I think, you know, if you say, okay, I want to figure out what to do with myself, 
um, and you don't have the answer. Sorry about that noise. No problem. <laughs> uh, and you don't have that that answer. Sometimes we just we sit back and we say, well, there must not be any answer at all. No, do what you can with what you have. So, for example, um, one of the things that um, I did when my kids when I was before kids, I'd love to journal. And then when I started having babies, I couldn't really do it as much, but I could <laughs> I could breastfeed them and type on the computer at the same time with one hand. You know what I mean? And so I started blogging because that was my way to journal my life while I had a nursing baby. And while I would have loved to say, I would I would love to write a book or I would have loved to say at that time, let me get involved in my women's ministry at church. I couldn't do all that. But what I could do an answer, not the answer, a book or ministry or anything like that, was holding a nursing baby in my left hand while I typed one hand with my right. Mm -hmm. And everything that I um, did in that season, while it was not for a book, has served me well in this season. That's worked well for me in other ways. For example, I wanted to um, have women over to my home and lead a Bible study. And I couldn't do that with Lego pieces all over the floor. It was too much stress trying to, you know, clean up so people could come in. And so I just, I started a little Yahoo group and they're kind of a thing of the past now, but I started a Yahoo group with all of my other mommy friends who were at home so we could talk to each other during the day. So an answer was good enough, just having a circle of friends online instead of the answer, which would have been hosting a beautiful Bible study where I had all these pretty foods set up, you know, I couldn't do that. Now I do, I am involved in the women's ministry at my church and I, I, I do have women over, but my kids are older and I didn't wait on the answer to start exercising an answer. I was willing to do what I could with what I had. Now, when you ask me, what can I do to discover who I am? I do have some questions in the book, but I, you know, that ask you about your gifts and kind of ask prompting questions to help you think about that. And I do think we have to understand you do have to think about it. I mean, it, it, it's and it's okay to have to think about it. I think what we need to understand too is that our life is a journey and God wastes nothing. So everything about you, your experiences, the opportunities that you've had, uh, your personality, God will use it, but he may not bring it together into a picture that makes sense to you until a few years down the road. Your job is just to understand what you've been given. So like the story of the talents in the Bible, God did not expect the guy with one talent to do the same thing as the guy who he, you know, to whom he gave five, but he did want him to know what he had and to do something with it. So we have to recognize that everything that we love, that we're passionate about, that we're interested in, that we're good at, that we've learned to do, um, that God can use that. And taking an inventory of um, what other people say, you're always so this or that, or you just are naturally great at this, or the five years that you have working in this industry, or the things that just set you on fire when you think about them or talk about them. Those are the gifts that God has given you. The first step is to recognize what they are, and then you'll recognize the opportunity to utilize them in an and answer situation. You know how you go to buy a car, and it's not until you go and look at cars that all of a sudden you see all the other cars like that on the road. Yep. Your gifts and talents and abilities are like that. It's not until you look for them and identify them that then you start to see, oh, this opportunity in the bulletin at church to serve, that totally meets something that I'm good at, that I love, or that I am experienced in. But you have to take inventory first. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're listening right now, you might think, oh, that's good. That's really wise. It's really good. <laughs> but I just want to pause here and just say, I just think that is core and genius. And I want everybody listening to just write that down. 
an answer is good enough because it is so much our tendency to, you know, to think there is the answer and that we just need to find it. And then we don't do anything until we find it or we just stop looking because we can't seem to find it. But the idea of just iterating our self-discovery, I just think is genius. And I, I think a lot of moms just don't think to do that as much. So they're like, well, I've forgotten who I am, or I'm just going to, you know, do all these things and hopefully I'm going to find the thing. But, you know, I know for me, for what I've chosen to do, it's been this tiny process of, I like to do this. And then I, I you know, take a little bit of a right turn and then a couple of degrees turn left and until I've kind of landed on where I feel like is the sweet spot for me. And I just think finding something that is good enough for now is just yeah. Really a hugely powerful There's no shame way in to that. Start. There's no shame Absolutely. in that. And I think we think we have to find something that's good enough for forever. Mm-hmm. And we don't. Mm-hmm. And if we would just give ourselves a break, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Just yeah. give yourself a break. I mean, think about it. King David was a shepherd. Now he ended up leading a nation, but that was the answer. And answer was watch these sheep. Mm-hmm. You know, he was passionate about battle. Okay, the answer was he would lead troops into battle. But initially, an answer was five stones in a sling. And if we magnify the end over the process, we miss the whole point. And I think in motherhood, while you may feel lost, you are not lost. You're in a particular season. And even in that season, you can find your little and answers and trust that God can stitch them together in a way that you will see the answer in another season of your life. Girl, you are so eloquent. Um, I'm just like, I'm trying to write it all down and I can't write fast enough. You know, one thing that you quoted that um, is a quote that I've actually been thinking about a lot lately is uh, it's often attributed to Teddy Roosevelt, but it's actually originally a guy named uh, Bill Widener. He's a squire from Virginia back in the olden days. Leave it to you to find the original quoted source. Well, it's only because I had to because I quoted it in my book. But... (laughs) I was happy with Theodore Roosevelt. It sounded better. But he actually quotes this guy in his autobiography. And it says, do what you can with what you've got where you are. And I found, you know, I had to find this exact quote and the exact page. So I bought his book and I find finally find the quote so I can attribute it to the right person. And then I scroll back, you know, just a couple sentences earlier. And he says this, which I just find so encouraging as a mom. He says, there are many kinds of success in life worth having. It is exceedingly interesting and attractive to be a successful businessman or a railroad man or a farmer or a successful lawyer or doctor or writer or a president or a ranchman or the colonel of a fighting regiment or to kill grizzly bears and lions. But for unflagging interest and enjoyment, a household of children, if things go reasonably well, certainly makes all other forms of success and achievement lose their importance by comparison. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that sounds like something that could be said sort of by maybe um, Sally Clarkson or Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Elliott Mm -hmm. or or somebody along those lines. But for Theodore Roosevelt, the quintessential man's man, explorer, war hero, president, you know, he wrote like 40 books um, to say that I just found so moving and so profound Um, because I know that as moms a lot of times we had these dreams of these great things that we would be that would be super important and then we get stuck in diaper changing and bottle feeding and it feels less successful and and society Mm -hmm. maybe kind of tells us that maybe it is that we're not really doing something until we do more and some of us may be called to do more to do other things you know some of us may be called just to focus on our kids, you know, wherever we fall on that spectrum. It just was so inspiring to me that this man that has literally done everything 
uh, found, and I especially like that he added, if things go reasonably well. <laughs> Because, yeah, hey, they get to make choices. <laughs> right, right. Um, that he yeah. found it uh, so much less than than any other, so much more than any other success by comparison. Um, well, they, you say that all the time. People, there's a lot of regret that people have. But by far, the regret is what they did not do well with their families, mm-hmm. you know. And you can't get that time back. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, quote that hung on the laundry room of my mother's um my mother's uh, uh, on the wall of my mother's laundry room for forever. And it just said cooking and cleaning can wait till tomorrow because children grow up. We have learned to our sorrow. So settle down cobwebs and dust go to sleep because I'm rocking my baby and babies don't keep. Aww. And I looked around and my my son was 14. I just like that was my realization just a couple of months ago. And there's muscles popping out everywhere and his voice is deeper and the Adam's apple is pronounced. And I remember thinking when he was smaller, okay, I'm going to focus on getting my oldest daughter out and then I'll focus on him. It'll be his turn. And then my oldest daughter left and then the second daughter moved in. She was not always living with us. And then she came and I said, well, I'm going to get her graduated and then I'll focus on him. And then I launched my first book and I thought, well, I'm going to get through this and then I'll focus on him. And I turned around the other day. And he's in high school. Now, I mean, I've been here, we homeschool, but I have to tell you, I looked at my husband just last night and said to him, I said, what I just said to you, I said to him, and I just said, I'm going to launch this book and then it's all about him because I've been doing, there's always going to be something else. And um, I know the way in which I want to pour into my kids and I, I haven't always, I mean, I don't, we don't always get it right all the time. Um, but what I'm saying is that the time, the days are short, but the years that sorry, the years, the days are long rather, but the years are short. And I know, cause I've been there changing the diapers, I cloth diapers. So, I mean, there's that. I mean, so, you know, I mean, <laughs> you have checked so I, all the boxes. I have checked all the boxes. So I've done that. And I, and I, and I, I realize um, what all the wise women in my life said to me was so true. There is no greater thing. There is no greater achievement. There is no a greater accomplishment than knowing that you gave your best to your kids. Mm. And we have to measure that out for each of us, what it looks like based on our circumstances and what other things we need to do. But I think when you know later, when you see them as adults and they're, I mean, for me to see my 25 year old daughter and I'm looking at her and she's a great wife and she's a great mom and she's a great businesswoman and she's a photographer. I'm amazed. It means none of the effort, none of the diaper changes, none of the late night talks were not, none of them were amiss. They were worth it. And so I'm totally saying that Achieve, achieve, dream, dream, inventory, inventory, and change the diapers. <laughs> Just, you know, once you put the kids to bed, spend a little time reading or a little time crafting or a little time reading or uh, studying or whatever so that you keep igniting your fire just a little bit. But just let it, it's okay for it to be on the back burner during a certain season of raising your kids. So that's a great point that you bring up. So, you know, there are the moms that I was talking about earlier that their kids are going off to school and they're trying to rediscover, you know, what they're passionate about. And I love your answer of an answer is an, an answer is good enough. But there are also moms listening whose kids are, you know, newborns. They might be nursing straight out of the hospital listening to this podcast. How do they prevent 
the drift of, I, I think we can actually drift two ways. We can drift uh, losing kind of who we are, but we can mm-hmm. also kind of like you're talking about, we can drift getting caught up in who we are and <laughs> step away from what we want to do and what we really dream of doing as, as moms. So to those new moms, how do they prevent, prevent that drift either direction? Well, I like to refer, this is a new thing. I don't, I've not used this word in the book. I've used it personally because of my own life. I've used the term terminology ground zero. If I have quote unquote balance in my life, because I don't think you achieve it. I just think it's a, you know, it's just an ever shifting thing that you work on. These are the things that I would be doing. I would be reading to my kids at night. I would have dinner on the table three to four times a week at least, Um, you know, like a fresh meal, not leftovers. I would have, um, you know, I'd have a quiet time of this amount. I kind of know what ground zero looks like. And I think in different seasons of our life, we have to know what that is, you know, and, and it'll change as your kids change and as you change. But then when you realize that ground zero isn't happening, you're drifting. So if, I realized that we've eaten out four times this week. Okay, I'm not at ground zero. I'm drifting. If I realize that it's been um, seven days since I've had any time to myself before the kids wake up or after, then I'm drifting. So in either case, you kind of got to figure out, okay, what's ground zero? So now my mother would say to me when my kids were super, super babies, she would just say, when you get out, when you can get out, get out. (laughs) When your, when your husband comes home and says, do you need a break? Yes, I do. Bye. You know, and she would say, just leave, just leave. Don't, don't ask him what he's going to do to feed him. You know, don't, don't say anything. (laughs) If the diapers aren't changed when you get back, just leave, just go. And there are seasons where you just grab what you can. But I do think you just know, okay, when my babies are newborns or when they're under a year old, you know, ground zero for me is I'm home most of the time. If I'm not working, I'm I'm home. Ground zero is I'm probably not doing much in my church that I can't do with my with my kids with me. Ground zero means, um, you know, I need this much sleep. And so when my kid naps, I nap. And if that means the laundry doesn't get done, then that's fine. I need sleep. You know, what is ground zero? And then as your kids get older, then you might have to work the other way. How do I make sure I'm staying home enough? How do I make sure? And so that's kind of been it for me. We know that the major areas of our life, you know, our spiritual, emotional, our physical, um, our mental, and, and, you know, just a little bit of joy thrown in there. And so if ground zero is eating right or going to the gym, then how do you make sure you're doing that? Uh, one way or the other. So I just think you have to look at your life and figure out for the major areas, my my relationships, my personal life, self-care, for hobbies, what it does ground zero look like? And then pay attention to it. You may have to talk to a friend and say, hey, can we talk once a month? Can we go to coffee so I can just keep tabs on how I'm doing? That's one another thing that's great, just to have people who can speak into your life mm. and say, hey, you know, it's okay to get out more a little bit, you know, or to leave your kids at home. Let's swap kids. It's okay to have other voices saying to you, um, you're, you're too busy or girl, get out a little bit. That's okay too. But figure out what ground zero is and ask other people for their help and opinions if you need it. And then know that that is ground zero for that season. And then you'll notice when you're drifting away from that one way or the other. I love how you mentioned that it's ground zero for that season because, you know, that season can change. You know, even like right now, my ground zero during the school year is way, way different than my ground zero <laughs> right now during the summer. And it'll be different when school starts up again. And, I, you know, I think that's an, such an important point that you throw into there. Um, yeah, I mean, 
ground zero for me right now, the summertime is the only time I can send my kids away. My church has a, a kid's summer camp that they love. So I'm like, yay, I'm totally into you. And I'm looking at you until 9 a.m. And then I put, <laughs> drive to the summer camp and I work my tail off until I pick you up at four. During the school year, my ground zero is I should not be on the phone or on my computer before lunch. Because if I'm going to homeschool my kids, I have to be homeschooling my kids. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm too busy taking phone calls at nine, then I know I'm drifting. I'm drifting. I'm getting too busy and I'm not giving them the attention that they deserve. I think, you know, I think as you talk about the season, it's almost like recognizing that what we're doing is for a season and that maybe our this ground zero is ground zero for this season. It can allow us to give us self grace that we're not meeting maybe our previous expectations or what we've done before or what we hope to do in the future. But we're saying, okay, this is a season right now. And so it's okay that it's paper plates and plastic forks. Uh, It's not going to be like this forever. This doesn't determine my motherhood. I don't get my final permanent grade on this one day in time. You know, which I feel like we can I can do to myself. I don't know about anybody else. So I love. Oh, no, I totally do that. We think this is the final answer today. And it's not. Right, right. (laughs) It's not. So and I think another important point that you bring up is the power of being taking time to be alone, of stepping back, of having, you know, like in any sport, one of the most crucial statistics that they put up on the screen when you're watching it is how many timeouts are left. Because especially mm-hmm. like in football or basketball, when it gets to the end of the game, you know, how many timeouts are left? How When are they going to be able to regroup? And motherhood can be so fast paced and things can change so fast and it can be so emotional. And so, you know, as you're talking about this, it's it's really revealing the importance of us taking those times out, like you said leaving when our husband says, I'll take the kids for a little bit. And you're using that time to discover kind of what we're passionate about, finding an answer to what we're interested in or um, taking the time to write down what our ground zero is. So if I had a to-do item for everybody listening right now, it would be this week, find a time that you can step away, whether that's in the morning while your kids are still sleeping, whether that's at night after they've gone to bed, or if you know your husband can watch the kids and you can go out for a cup of coffee, Take one hour or even 30 minutes, whatever you can get, and just think about some of these questions that Crystal has brought up. You know, find an answer to what you're interested in or passionate about or, you know, think about what your ground zeros are for this season in life. So that is your inspired to action step to do this week. And I double dog dare you. Um, Crystal, I would love for you to take a minute and tell everybody where they can find your book, when they can find your book. And actually, this will probably come out on the day your book launches. So where can they find your book and where can they find you online? Um, Well, they can find me online at crystalevanshurst.com. And everything they ever want to know about the book is at shestillthere.com. The book will be available everywhere. Books are sold on August the 8th. Awesome. That's the day Oh, and social media. Yay. Yay. Well, that'll be a birthday present to me (laughs) for you. (laughs) I'll be like, yay, I got to talk to Kat for a birthday. (laughs) And and then everywhere else on social media, I'm just at Crystal Hurst. Awesome. Crystal, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing your wonderful wisdom. And um, I cannot wait for your book release. Everybody go out and go ahead and get it. You should be able to get it as you're listening to this. So go ahead and turn the car towards your nearest Barnes and Nobles, or if you are on the phone at home, click over to Amazon, wherever, anywhere you want to buy your book, and go ahead and get a copy. Because seriously, 
Crystal is just truly one of the most eloquent and wise women that I know. And I so deeply value her wisdom. And um, this book is going to be such a blessing to you in whatever season that you're in right now. So Crystal, thank you again. Thank you. And can I just take like 20 seconds and say one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. I just was thinking when we talked about doing things and, and, and answering these, that applies to joy too. If you wish you could go to the ocean, turn on the ocean sounds on your phone. Mm -hmm. If you wish you could break out and go to a coffee house, turn on some coffee house music in your house after you go to bed and fix yourself a great cup. If you wish that you could go to the book club, get a conference call number and do a book club over the phone with your friends. You can always figure out a way to insert the things you love into your life, even if you have to do them a little bit of a different way. You can always figure out a way to do it. Okay, that's just so good. That's that goes back to that do what you can with what you've got where you are. It is. Thing. It is. But I wanted to make sure we could do that with the fun yes, stuff too. Yes, that's so good. Okay, so that's your second challenge as you're spending that time this week, write down what can you do about the thing that you wish you could do and what's one step you can take in that direction. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you, Crystal. Thank you, Kat. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercy.